Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing chapter 20. Um, but real quick, things we talked about last week. Um, so Amari tries to quit uh, the agent tryouts because Lara um, blackmailed her and wanted her to quit so that there was one less obstacle into getting one of the junior agent spots. But uh, Magnus and Fiona, who were on a date, um, make Amari sleep on it. Um, and then are like, if you still feel like that, that in the morning, then you can quit. But they make her sleep on it because it's actually already time for the first tryout. So instead of the sleepover that they were promised, they are in a wakeful dream. And um, Amari is partnered with Dylan. Um, the two of them work well together, um, but Amari is the one who kind of cinches it for them and boosts them from passing to a perfect score, which means that now they get a 30 second head start on um, the next tryout, whatever that is. Um, and then while they're, you know, like celebrating everything, Lara comes up to Amari and is like, I hope you don't think that means that you can't quit, whatever. But Dylan erases the video of Amari looking at the spell book and then also threatens Lara, um, with like snitching on her to her mom. And now Amari doesn't have to quit. She's got a perfect score for junior agent tryouts. She got Dylan as a friend and a partner. And we up, it seems like. (laughs) (laughs) Now to see if Just when you think we up, though. Exactly. (laughs) You know, as soon as you say it. Yeah. It's like, "Mm." It's like, are we? Are we actually up? Seems fishy. Um, I like the idea of, or I'm, I'm still skeptical of, the Van Helsing's. Um, but I like the idea of that. There's this feeling you get sometimes when you're like, things are going really badly and then stuff starts to kind of fall into place and you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, fresh start or things are looking, things are turning around. Are we up? Right. Um, and I just love that. That's where Amari is feeling at right now, because we've, seen her go through so much and she's been pretty lonely and like we've had bright spots Amari and Elsie forever um but it's always been like there's this bright spot tinged by despair yeah and now she's like actually feeling very optimistic her investigation's going well um she's got a friend in her department you know, yeah, a, a sensitive ally at least. A sensitive yeah. ally. Amari, they're friends. That's what Dylan mm. told her. That's what she. Well, they're in. yeah, they're, they're um, partners. They're partners. She's vulnerable. It's it's a hmm, decisions that are made out of vulnerability. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's like hold on to this little piece of optimism right now. Yeah, beautiful. It only um, took us halfway through the book. 
I mean, we're more than halfway at this it's point. It's more, more than, than halfway. halfway. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, you know, we uh, we said this is a good moment. It's a good moment to bask in the, like, you know, joy. Because the immediately um, Director Van Helsing is speaking in this chapter. So you already know downhill from here. Um, <laughs> so he is congratulating the top 16 trainees. Um, he's raising a glass of strawberry punch and a special congratulations to his son, Dylan, who finished at the top of the rankings. Um, not Amari who actually got him at the top of the rankings because again, he did not finish the thing. Amari was the one who had to make the final decision. And it's the reason why Dylan, the same person that he wanted to kick out of the program. Exactly. Is the reason why and his son does. has, can brag about having does. the top marks. And isn't, and isn't, mm. And isn't acknowledging that she is also not only is she, not only is she he not acknowledging that she's the reason that Dylan is at the top and got the perfect score, he's not acknowledging that she got it too. Like that mm-hmm. Dylan had a partner in the first place. Um so he tells them that to like eat, drink, and be merry before their first weekend break. Um, and then Monday, return refreshed, focused, refreshed, and ready to get back to work. Um, so the trainees are all gathered in the conference room with a bunch of desserts. Um, kids are are gathered around laughing. They're gathered around Dylan. Um, even some of the junior agents are coming up to him, congratulating him. Lara standing next to him as if like she's the one who was, she his was partner. the partner. <laughs> so it's like this whole thing. And so Amari's kind of like left on her own because again these kids are ignoring her um some of them are definitely salty that she is at the top while they congratulate dylan for being there um so it's like this whole thing of like i mean she mentions like she it bothers her that dylan is hogging the praise because if everyone knew the truth that he was also a magician they would not be giving it to him so again it's like the van helsing's getting the privilege of being van helsing's even when they're magicians and it's like something we talked about a few chapters ago um yeah and being able to hide and like pass through their privilege um but this is also like something that we talked about a few chapters ago and still baffles me was like not yes they're able to hide but they're not using their privilege to help exactly um, why would they do that and this is like and this is like a very easy space for dylan who it seems I I I I think that he is not comfortable with the spotlight and he likes to kind of fly under the radar mm-hmm. and doesn't like so he might just be dealing with like shyness and like you know awkward smiling and whatever but like it would be very easy um to just say like as people are congratulating him and be like, oh yeah, Mari helped or, and thanks to my partner, Amari, you know, just mm-hmm. like to constantly remind them and push mm-hmm. back on mm-hmm. the fact that he had help and she's standing right there. Right. Even and just standing next he, to her. Exactly. And I think that he has like, because I do like, I mean, you know, we still do not really fully completely trust Dylan, but I will say that like, he has been slowly getting up to like, you know, sitting next to her in that, uh, class and like pushing back on Lara at the end of the last um chapter and so it's one of those things and it's like maybe I think I mean having had to recently deal with and give advice on uh preteen affairs um <laughs> please 
one, pray for me. And also, I know, because when we started this podcast, she was three. Um, but <laughs> uh, having had to, like, talk about that and, and deal with that um, recently, it's also like a, it's like of the age that there are, they're learning how to like navigate yeah. these dynamics and like learning it for themselves, learning how to be good friends, learning how to stand up for themselves and their friends and like not knowing, is this the time to do it? Should I do it? Being afraid. Like there's a lot of like different things. And so I do want to like, again, like we said, we don't completely trust Dylan and like there are some questionable things um, around the way that he's like interacted with and approached Amari. But I do also think that it's important to kind of point out the like, just the like difficulties of this like time and age and like figuring out how to like be a person, how to be a friend, how to like do these, like, you know what I mean? So it feels a little bit hot and cold and like the way that he'll stand up for her in one instance and seem to forget about her in another or like back her up in this situation, but like be standing over here with his sister in another and just like, it feels very, weird and like wishy-washy but it also is very like consistent for that like where he is and I I also want to like reiterate and this is kind of like what I was saying too it's like part of this is on him and like wanting him to be better but like Mm -hmm. I also understand where he's coming from but like he has grown up in self-preservation mode Mm -hmm. in such like as a van as a van helsing magician in such a way that it's so steeped and it would be very hard for him to to like put himself out there in that way put himself out there um especially because not just because amari is his partner but especially because amari is a magician his parents kind of already have this thing about his affinity with magicians right so like with magician kind and like not knowing mm-hmm. that he's a magician, but thinking it's this weird obsession that he has and he's, you know, and it's unseemly. Um, and so I, and I do understand his impulses, but it's also just like, like we said, like these are the times in which. This is the time to like do it and like. Yeah. And to stretch yourself mm-hmm. and to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just a little disappointed, but I understand yeah it's like it's like both like it's not an excuse right like he does need to do better um but also i do understand from his perspective that it is like a it's a growing thing and he'll yeah hopefully get there right the idea is that my he thing gets is there. with dylan even <laughs> would dylan even cons- does he even consider himself amari's friend right because like at this point i feel like he's to to doubt to bring it back around right for like his family i don't know that he's it doesn't seem like he's ever had to build or has ever tried to build a connection of friendship with someone outside of like sticking when it comes to like sticking up for someone it would be like his sister like he's that's his common nominee like i'm always gonna stick beside like my family side or whatever it doesn't sound like he's like he didn't come there's no friends that come around him um, like he doesn't have a bestie from this world that you always see him with or anything. It's like it's just him on his own or with Laura. Like there's no in between. Well, we see how part. Laura defines and treats her friends, and it's very transactional and it's very what have you done for me lately, or what can you do, or what proximity does this get me to coolness? And yeah. that is by definition like not a true friendship. 
but yeah. it feels like it's a part like in the family in which they grew up in that might be what they're expected to be like what he thinks of as real friendship right it's like you need to he needs to unlearn a lot of things he might think that he's actually portraying or being a good friend because that's what he's seen emulated but he also gets the ick from that part of his family as well he's talked Mm -hmm. about like you know and he like shows a bit of disdain for laura um so it it's my it's my thought is that it might be difficult for him to parse out like what is real friendship what is not or what's bigotry transactional using all the stuff and like who do i actually want to be and like what are the morals that i i see that i want to emulate and it's probably very murky because of what he has grown up around so he's got to do a lot of unlearning and that is difficult when he's still living and i mean he's 12 but he's still like so closely tied to that name that brand that like mythos mm-hmm. of the Van Helsing family. Yeah, definitely. Um there's a lot happening. So um Okay, so Amari is saying is like thinking that she wishes she could pretend to be something she's not too. Things would be much better if no one knew she was a magician. Um, and then she's like, who am I kidding? It's not like people like me anyway. The Bureau isn't any different from Jefferson Academy. I'm the outcast here too. Um, so again, it like really sucks that she's been introduced to this like new, whimsical, magical, amazing world. And her positionality in that place is still the same. Like that does not change. She doesn't get to come here and be like... Uh, Do I hear that? Yeah. <laughs> she was violent. She said, I am waking myself up. Yeah. Sleep too long. Sorry. Um, no, it's good. Yeah, she doesn't get to come and come here and like, you know, meet new Detox. friends, be herself, like be accepted for who she is, like all that stuff. She doesn't get that. She still gets the same judgment and like standoffishness and bullying. That is a gigantic I think it's also interesting that, like, Phoebe Austin chose for her to be, like, to go from, like, Jefferson instead of, like, it's not, he didn't put her in a public school and then have to navigate, like, her having a a friendship in, like, uh, even if she had friendship at Jefferson, it didn't take her from having, like, being well acclimated to a space and, like, hyper involved into then being, like, a fish out of water and not... Um, having that same level of support and yeah. resource and, and all that, right? So I think it's interesting that even when she's prepared, quote unquote, or like to be um in a space that is not accepting of her, like it still hurts. Like it's still yeah. got its its points because she was like again, like you're, she's trying to go to a whimsical space that was welcoming to her brother so much that he's like a well known celebrity here. Mm-hmm. So you know she's thinking like if Quentin like did well here then I could possibly do well here too and then all like all these things are occurring for her to feel like she's not welcome and she shouldn't be part of it um so even when she had a like little glimmer of hope that like it wasn't that she came here to escape because she came here for Quentin 
but like even the like the I, like little glimmer of hope that maybe she wouldn't have the same issue she was having at Jefferson in this new space were uh, like automatically shown to not like be true she was gonna have the same issues here it's just like I can see like all the moments where she's talking this sadness and like in the like just like we glimpse into her sadness that makes so much sense because it's like of course she's this sad mm-hmm. like they're the little pockets of hope don't mean much to her because she knows that overall it's not going to change how people treat her and how you're right. being treated on a regular basis really and does you can, make your and day. You, and you can be so like, you can be used to those things. Like the, like the moment when like, you know, a while ago when Magnus was like, you're going to have to like struggle. It's going to be a struggle here. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm used to that. And just cause you're used to something doesn't mean that it is easy or like, not emotionally taxing so it's like it's she knows how to navigate it but it's also exhausting and like you said like it's makes you sad because you're just like how long am i gonna have to do this um and like it's also very hard to not internalize some of that stuff yeah okay i i what i thought was just jefferson and the way and like my positionality at jefferson as now I'm in this completely new place, this completely like wide open, supernatural magic is real place, and I'm still in the same position. Is it me? It must just be me. I mm-hmm. must not be X, Y, Z, right? Like Quentin had some of the issues, but he's much more like I get this all the time with my my brother. It's like he's just a much more personable per like guy. Like he makes friends easily. He's extroverted to a point i mean he's more of an ambivert but like he's just much more like socially savvy right Mm -hmm. and so there's this part part of you that's like well i'm just not as socially savvy but there is still a place for me somewhere right um and so you can see the differences between like she can see the differences between herself and quentin and like the ways in which quentin struggled at jefferson but was still able to like do well and achieve um but then to think oh but then he found this his place here maybe i won't have the same struggles um and then still be struggling is like okay maybe it's not these traits that have nothing to do with me personally and just are like you know i am or I am black, I whatever. Like, and that those are things that they're they're parts of me, but like, you know, there are tons of there's countless number of poor black people. Quentin was poor and black, you know what I mean? And so, um, what then is it about me intrinsically that is like I'm not good enough, right? And so the fact that she has these moments of despair and sadness is very, very understandable and like unsurprising but the fact that she does not fully internalize that and still holds on her worth and stuff says a lot about miss mama peters um but also just about like amari in general and how strong that is because i don't think i i know for a fact like i wouldn't have been able to like keep going at this point i'd have been done like my self-esteem would have years yeah. of therapy basically <laughs> yeah definitely 
Um, so, um, Agent Fiona shows up and is like, is there some terrible threat we don't know about? Um, because Amari's been, like, standing by the door all night, uh, or all afternoon. Um, but Amari's like, I'm just waiting for this to be over so I can go back to my room. Um, and then Fiona glances and at And I hear that Dylan. so hard as an introvert, even. Man, she's like, yes, she's going through like, all this like, stuff, girl, but I'm like, look. You got no, I mean, I'm only here to show my face. My, my own, the only difference is that I would have been standing by the door with a plate full of food. <laughs> Don't let there be guacamole on that table. I might just be standing by the guacamole. I'll be yep. guarding that. <laughs> the threat to the guacamole to is that it's not in my mouth. Like, that's like, so that's like, my I got things I could do back in my room. Yeah. But while I have to this. be here, I'm going to eat. <laughs> hey. Um, so Fiona looks at Dylan and is like, or looks over at Dylan where he's posing, uh, for a picture with a junior agent. And she says, there's not a name more famous in the supernatural world than Van Helsing. You get used to them getting all the credit, especially in this department. Which is just like, so y'all just live like this? Mm -mm. (laughs) This is so trash. Fiona's like, yeah, we all went through it. How ghetto? Like, please. (laughs) Just... Gonna snipe some of them. I'm sorry. Someone gotta be sniped <laughs> out. Go. They got gotta to go. go. But they go push somebody. Need to push. Them. Call the Yetis. Get their house pushed into the lake. Then they'll be too, <laughs> you know, too occupied with their house in the lake. But you could get some credit for some of your work. Like, are you for real? Oh my gosh. Um. But then Fiona says, "Don't go worrying yourself. Those of us who count know who was this morning's star." I'm like, I, just, I mess with Fiona. Fiona's real. Um, so Dylan comes over, uh, and Fiona's like, I'll leave you two to celebrate, but make sure he remembers who got you to that first place. Again. She's out here. I know your worth. <laughs> but Dylan, what you doing is the mm-hmm. real thing. Does okay. what it, why are you acting like you don't know how you got here? You were just ready in the face because you know you didn't make it. Come let's on. let's not act brand new here. Let's Come not on. do that. Um, so Amari is like, what do you want? Uh Dylan asks if they can talk in the hallway, and Amari's like, Why? You don't want your fancy friends to see you talking to me? Um, and then Dylan's like, huh? No. Um, so then he shows that he has the key to the vanquished office. So he's like, I actually wanted to go investigate, you know, since Ooh. it's here. Um, and Amari's like, did he really just say he had a key to my brother's office? Will arrive. <laughs> in, in our lives. But you gotta, you gotta be, be smart, smart about it. Word. Yeah, so they they go off. And you know, you can be annoyed with somebody, but if they tell you they got a key to your, bro- your missing brother's office, sometimes you got to squash it. <laughs> like, we, I just think it's convenient. We'll table it. We'll table, table it. it. We'll table it. We'll come back. We have to come back to it. I think it's it, convenient but... that Dylan thinks that he he's going to go from the center of attention to being able to sneak being able to slip away. Notice. That is definitely a question of like how did y'all how did this happen? But maybe I mean, he is an illusionist. I don't know. I don't think he's that good yet. 
from what he did. I'm like, it'd be one thing if he was like, oh, I didn't bring you up into the conversation because I I didn't want them to notice us leaving out the door. But sir, you were just in the middle of everything. So how are they not going to notice? If that was the reason, why would they Although he did say, like, can we talk outside? So it could just be that, like, they see him. He might have been like, oh, I needed to go talk to Amari real quick. And it could be they just. So it's less of like, oh, they left and more of like, oh, they're just outside for a second. Still. Because it's not like they were like trying to not be seen leaving, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Uh, but still, so they walk. Um. Oh, so Dylan says that he told everyone he was taking her to meet his mom. So I guess he had a he had an alibi. Um, Let's talk about the mom's title here. I know she's a crisis manager in the Department of Half Truths and Full Cover Ups. Um, so she comes up with cover stories whenever there's a major security breach. So apparently there was a really bad hurricane last year and it was actually an all out war between the mer people and the ocean nymphs, which I'm just like, ooh, bro. We'd like to see Wakanda forever. No, for real. Cause I'm literally like, I want to know about, I love these little like, random tidbits because i'm like uh can you tell that story also and as well <laughs> like what's going I would, on I, i'm like oh, i okay. like would i want to be in the in the field when that happened no, no would i like not. to actually see it like televised like in some way yes i would be in i'm like what is this oh what what they water fight for real okay right what are they all out warring about you know i need to know what are the politics like what's happening the, what, where did was the, it the about break like, down you know <laughs> Was it about vibranium? Mm-hmm. Like, is it about a precious ocean resource that you can't find anywhere on Earth? Like, what right. is the fight about? Right. Um, but for me, the mom's title, I was, when I heard the mom's title, I was like, of course, Van Helsing is, uh, like, the uh, director Van Helsing, the father, was very much into, like, dating someone and marrying someone who is part of the department who covers up things because like the Van Helsing name must be maintained and so who's better to partner with than someone who can cover up whenever the Van Helsing screw up <laughs> that's part it's true it's it, it keeps good up the guise of the Van Helsing name definitely good for image you are giving me Melly um and Fitz yeah <laughs> <scandal>. <laughs> yeah that's real and um, I would like to see that show. So yeah, um, so Amari, so they're they're walking through uh, the hall. Amari is asking how they're supposed to get into the Vanquish office without anyone seeing them. Um, Dylan explains that all the special agents on duty were at the party. Um, and that he's had Maria's spare key for months, but this is like the first time he's like first chance he's had to use it so um he's like just play it cool and nobody will even notice us and this reminds me of freaky friday when uh <laughs> just stay with me um <laughs> when Lindsay because <laughs> remember like chad michael mary's character has like the keys to the office or whatever he gets to go in the teacher's lounge and they just sort of like walk through the teacher's lounge and the teachers notice and then that's when she like changes uh homegirls test scores or whatever but it's like they just kind of walk through and all the teachers are like very focused on their own stuff and as long as you look like you're supposed to be there they're not paying attention anyway that's 
that's kind of what this reminded me of because all the because Dylan's like just play it cool and none of the adults care at all that like there are two trainees in the hall or like where they're going they're not even really paying attention um I, what kind of magical cops allow all of the on-duty cops to go to a children's party? party some of them are on battle stations they're playing the game battle stations battleships no it, their battle stations looks like the game battle stations no nah, they're playing battleship i mm mm um so they go to the hall of special agents um they're only ever 30 per outpost um and then they take on the most dangerous missions so they, there's a hall, um, there's a smooth wooden door with a fancy cursive V etched onto it. Um, the department, so the department left Vanquish's office intact out of respect, which I wonder where, like, if they had to replace them on the, like, force, like, where those people have to, like, do they add a 31st office or are they, like, in a water closet somewhere? Um, so... In a closet. <laughs> I'm just getting the vibe. That's the vibe I'm getting from this farce of a department. <laughs> they put them pe- they put them folks in the closet. Um So yeah, so Amari asks this um kind of confirms that the bureau has already looked in their office for clues. Um and Dylan says it's the first place they checked. Um but they're going to look anyway cuz they got access and they might find something that the bureau doesn't see. So we go in to the office. Um, the lights flicker on by themselves, but it's more it looks more like a trophy room. So there are lines of photos, awards, medals. Um it basically looks like a vanquished fan's dream. So Amari like thinks Elsie and is like, Elsie would really mess with this. Um at the center of everything is there's a really big photo of Quentin and Maria crouched down beside a short elf with a head full of dark leaves and skin like mottled tree bark. Um, so that's Merlin himself, who rarely ever lets anyone take a picture of him, but he took one with Vanquish. Um, there. Are... Why does he sound like teenage Groot? He does. He kind of looks. He does give like Groot vibes. Um, like some kind of tree or like something. <laughs> um, and then. There's like this huge medal of honor. And then beside that are two agent of the year certificates and shiny silver frames. So like, they're just like really, uh, they have a lot of awards and like, you know, accolades, um, including a pair of shiny purple sky sprints, um, with the same fancy V written on the side and the sign reads Du Bois air vanquish limited edition. So they're really like, they even got, uh, brand deals. So limited edition. Well, I don't understand. I mean, I know that they're not secret agents, but it just like why are they so visible? Yeah, it does actually. I I had a hyper hyper visible to be. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it would lend well to their job. For me, it feels like the this world doesn't have like socialites and like it's not the equivalent to like the real housewives or the kardashians like it does but they don't actually like there's no television show that makes them celebrities 
So what it does is it makes celebrities out of the people who make big names out of the bureau. And the Van Helsings are that family. And because they control this department in particular, that department gets a lot of, like, of renown. And Maria's a Van Helsing. So that makes her automatically part of that celebrity family. But then for her exploits with Quentin to get documented, like, that's even an extra part of that. They give that reporting part. It's just interesting things. It's like, there must be no equivalent to, like, Law and Order. Like, there's no fictionalized version of these things. Or is there? Because, like, how are they... Why is this such a big thing to people? Like, I don't know any celebrated cops. Like, I don't pay any attention to that. So I don't mm-hmm. know who's winning any awards as cops in real life. But we're also not giving cops, like, brand deals. Like, those are, like... Right. Cause it's, it's that's what I'm saying, like, though. Um, like, we don't... That's not a cultural aspect that um, we do, but maybe it's their culture. <laughs> the only cop that I can think of off the top of my head, like, real-life cop, was just a famous racist, uh, Mark Furman, who... That's because of the OJ trial. Um, but we do have, like, celebrated criminals and then celebrated, like, the I guess you would say, like, the FBI. Like, we know, like, we have, like, those copaganda shows, like, the entire dick Right, but we universe. don't, have, like, there's, but unless you're not about, part of that community, then, right, like, how much do you pay attention to who those people are? It's also, like, the name of those shows is, like, FBI, law mm-hmm. and order, uh, NYPD blue, right? So it's like also like very strange that it's not that it's these two people are so hyper visual when, and maybe it's because we're in the department that they're in. And so all of that stuff is like on display. And possibly if you went to like Elsie's department, you would see a lot more of, like, the famous inventors and scientists, but also, like, those, like, inventions and stuff lend themselves to, I think, hyper-visibility, right? You want people to know about your inventions. You don't really want people to know who's investigating crime. Right. Like... Because they just put this target on their back. Like, no wonder they got... Yeah. uh, Like... No wonder they got caught. Kidnapped. You would think that more people would get kidnapped, right? So it's like... Yeah, I just... It's... it's, But maybe that was the thing. Maybe Plot. they wanted maybe they wanted a scapegoat agent or two so that they like not only for the like internal cuz like the they are the rock stars of the bureau like um talent show for better, lack of a better word for like the display <laughs> or whatever they have the show that has the most hype behind it or whatever or presentation that's more hype around it. Um perhaps the bureau like wanted there to be at least one like highlighted agent group or whatever because like yeah we we have people on it right kind of thing like to like make up for any uh missteps that the bureau makes that they wanted to put a a nice face of young people being young, attractive yeah i mean it, it could just all be a very elaborate pr thing which also then contributes directly into them getting taken um because they are hyper visible but it just I mean, is it, is it, again, is it ethical? No. (laughs) However. Is it effective? (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, they got their own sky sprints. Um, they're the supernatural citizens of the year. Ten most influential members of the supernatural world. 
Like, uh, also, it's just my, a lot. my one thing about the sky sprint, I'm sorry, because like Dylan was like, I had to get a pair for himself, but the cues were, were crazy. I was like, why is this brother? Yeah, you of, can't get a person who has call. a limited edition set of shoes. I wish. wait in a queue. Oh, I wish my brother would have a limited edition. I was shoe. like, Quentin better have some for Amari sitting <laughs> somewhere for them. her. Because like, I was like, it's not my style. But if you know that I want them and they're yeah. limited edition, your personal limited edition, and you didn't get me a pair, like, ooh, excuse, how, what are we doing? That made me think about like, what is the like licensing like did were do boys able to just slap their name on something they don't have any like perks for it like you know what I mean? like you know yeah. sometimes you like th- he's getting a lot of publicity and stuff but it's kind of serendipitous right and so my question is what is the the laws or the rules around like that kind of stuff can you just put someone's name on it i don't know if you guys have seen this but i play a lot of like mobile games and it'll be like oprah i'm like you can't just be using oprah's name yeah. but also but did they pay her small, for her name no but it's just you know they're not but it's a small ad and there's probably like no chance that oprah's going to see them using her name or her like or their like or her likeness and so they just took a gamble right and so i'm wondering about that where it's like it's not legal but they did it anyway but it's a famous it brand legal? it's the Dubois. it's the Dubois. Yeah. yeah, which is like super famous. This is definitely like they have a you know they have a pair of they have a in deal. their room. Yeah, it's definitely it's like, did, a deal. Did, did the Dubois just send them a pair? Like you get this one pair. Congratulations. Here's like we named this and thing only, after you. And only one pair for two right. people. Or you get two. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There are a lot of things where you think that someone is a lot more involved, especially like when you are. think about like, and they're not. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like I don't know. But still, I for me, if I knew that my sibling was having a brand deal, if I, if I were the sibling and I had a brand deal, I'd be like, let me at least try to see how fucking like some. wiggle room I got to get yeah. some people before this comes out. Because then everybody's gonna be asking for me, and I'd be looking real dumb if I'm like, oh no, I I don't have you. My bad. Like that would just be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Amari kind of is like, I can't believe Maria would want to give this up. And Dylan talks about how being a special agent is hard. Um, there's a lot of pressure. And then especially when you get crazy famous and older agents start to resent you for being promoted ahead of them. Um, which again, is just like reasons to like not celebritize law enforcement. Um, aside from the reasons we already said, um and so apparently maria was having a hard time with that and which is why she wanted to be a trainer but then dylan also brings up that she and quentin were starting to get into arguments um but he doesn't know he says something must have happened um because one day it was different between them it was really weird um so like he claims to not know why um amari is kind of trying to figure out why not sure why there's apparent so she's apparently there's also a giant video game poster of vanquish so there's just like i hope so they're getting many- money from this but it's also just so yeah. much that it's like can you even yeah. be can you even do your job really yeah and um, i think you know i was thinking about how quentin was bringing money home and if you think about the fact that he 
it's basically like a civil servant. Yeah. Like maybe this is his like side gig to get some money. You know, yeah. I don't know how much the agents make, but you know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We're so excited to bring you all kinds of nerdy and creative content, but we can't do that without your support. Becoming a BNC baddie helps us with the general upkeep of our site, upgrade equipment, and invest in the team's creative development. Go to help out your favorite nerds and stay for cool perks like monthly live streams, behind the scenes, and bonus content, and more. If supporting Black creators sounds like your bag, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. So Amari's now like, okay, so you said this was an office and we're pretty much in like a vanquished museum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Dylan has her say up. um, And then when she does, the lights flicker on above them and their feet lift off the ground. Like there's an invisible elevator carrying them up. Um, And all the office furniture is floating above. So it's basically a floating office, which... It's kind of cool, honestly. And I would like, I would actually mess with it. Not going to lie. If if the if the magic is sound, like I actually like that. I don't need a trophy room, but like you could have like on the bottom, it's a more like library. chill. Yeah, like library, oh, like a just like a chill area. Yeah, and then you can go up and do your work up in the, but actually I maybe want it the other way around because I can't yeah. have my feet dangling. Mm-hmm. Like unless you have yeah. unless they have like a, mm-hmm. a foot rest, mm-hmm. like having mm-hmm. your feet dangling is really bad for circulation and is like low key uncomfortable. So, but I peeped the that vision. My... You know, like but I yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I guess I just I would store. I would have a library up top. I'd go pick up my book, bring it down. Yeah, and have a good time. I just like the idea of using the space up. Using the to, yeah, yeah, like using the like I like that idea. I don't know that I would like use it the way in which they're using. Yeah, it. yeah, like it might it might be shifted a little. It might have to like do a little renovation, redesign. But <laughs> the vision is is top tier. Um, so Dylan explains that Quentin loved working in a cluttered office, but Maria is super clean and so she threatened to start chucking stuff into the hallway if he didn't agree to get the office enchanted for more space um and Amari's like that sounds like Quentin he still got the perfect attendance a perfect attendance certificate from the third grade on his bedroom wall um which is just like, he's just like this is cool whatever it's gonna stay there um <laughs> I earned it yeah I mean you know it'll be that way sometimes so Amari goes to his brother's desk. It's covered by a large stack of folders marked classified and a sleek silver laptop. Um, the stack is so tall it nearly hides the two picture frames behind it. One is of their mom's high school yearbook photo uh, that she gets embarrassed about when um, anyone sees it. They always joke and say she looked pretty dope for a cave woman, which is cute. Um, then the other photograph is of Amari sitting on a bright red bicycle with a big snaggletooth grin. Um, and like, this is the moment where she kind of breaks down. Um, she's holding on all that. She's been all of that. And now all of a sudden, like, 
she and like I feel <laughs> this is like the moment where I was just like this poor kid <laughs> like I, I felt like that we felt like that this whole time and like we talked about it at the beginning of this like episode but it's really been a lot like weighing on her and amidst all of the like ostracizing and blackmail and like not being sure she fits in here like her brother is missing and no one else seems to really care as much as she does and she's been trying to do that but that's like the big thing and the big reason why she's here um and so seeing that i think it's like she goes into like she's gonna go into like the bicycle itself but i think it's also just like it's a reminder of their relationship and like how much that quentin like loves her and looks out for her and then how much she misses him um so she's crying dylan kind of like puts an arm around her shoulder um and like she's trying to stop but like you know sometimes you gotta let that stuff out you can't it, you gotta it gotta come out it's gotta come out it's gonna come out at some point um and so she says that the it's like this picture is the first time she realized quentin always had her back um and then they talked about like her their parents had just separated and her father had promised for months that he was going to get her this big red bike for her birthday um moms were like kind of warned her not to get her hopes up but amari didn't listen um and then her father didn't even show up for her birthday. So not even like, <laughs> I didn't get you this gift. He didn't show up at all. Um, and so when moms called to ask where he was, they got into a big argument. Um, and at Little some trash. point, Amari overhears his or her dad's drunken voice say, she probably ain't even mine. Tell whoever her real daddy is to get her the stupid bike. Um, so, of course, that's heartbreaking. Um, and Amari, like, runs through to her room crying um quentin um brought him into or brought her into his room that night so they we talked about like at the beginning that they used to like lay on the floor of his room and like look at the ceiling and just kind of like have conversations um and so that was like the first time that they had that had a conversation um like just kind of a heart to heart and he told her that he would always have uh her back and then when christmas came quentin didn't get a single present but Amari had a brand new red bike. Um, so I'm just like... Older sibling things. You know? I don't know what y'all talking about, but... That was just couldn't be me. Oh, this things. has literally happened to me before. Like, this it's is like, real. Um, making sacrifices like, for your you. siblings to have something better than you do because they, yeah. like, you're trying to protect them in a way from knowing the stuff that you're seeing. Because mm. um, I was kind of, like, my low-key my mom's, like, outlet um, for a lot of stuff. And so I would hear about the stuff before my sister would. And though she didn't wasn't completely protected from knowing everything, because, like, wouldn't be useful for her, um, she did have a level of, like, not knowing when I would be, like, foregoing, like, okay, yeah, like, you don't have to worry about getting me that, like, you know she wants this thing that's expensive and you can't afford both so just get her a thing and I'll just chill with what I already got because it's cool Mm -hmm. it's fine she still believes in Santa I don't so do that I believe in Santa for a long time served me well but yeah but it just it really like shout out to you older siblings (laughs) yeah I mean it really goes to show just like 
how like it's just like again it's a it's an older sibling thing i think like often it gets especially on social media is like older sister thing which like i think is still true there are some things that like oldest sisters are like Mm -hmm. more or like kind of you know put on more to do yeah but also in these kinds of situations yeah but also in these kinds of situations right where like your father is a deadbeat and is and is dipped (laughs) and is not like giving or you know even really concerned with what like is going on with their kids like i again quentin is kind of like this is at that at that point it makes him have to step up and see that as his responsibility which he shouldn't have to and like her dad is super like messed up for making him have to even make those decisions and having to like Mm -hmm. again like you were saying portia like protect the younger siblings at the expense of yourself and and like what you want and i um, think this is also a good reminder too of like again of their age difference because i'm assuming like what you were kind of saying portia of like what you being just more aware of like that probably didn't shock quentin as much to hear his father say that or to know that his father said that wasn't as shocking to him as it would would be to amari and so not only is she dealing with the disappointment of like her dad, not even like not getting the bike she wanted. Right. But like her dad, not even showing up for her, but then also like the realization of like how crappy he is as a person. Mm -hmm. And it feels like as an older sibling, who is probably just older, 10 years older, right. Mm -hmm. Just more aware and observant of like the day to day before the parents even split. It feels like that probably wasn't shocking to Quentin Mm -hmm. right so he doesn't have to like deal with learning this thing because he's learned it before yeah um and again shouldn't have to go through that it should not be on him but um recognizing that like Amari is dealing with the realizing these things about these truths about her father um for the first time he's able to like look out for her and yeah and step into that role even though he's like probably like what 16 at this point like yeah yeah so trash um dylan is like mari had nice things for a half a page and not even a half page i know really not even optimistic literally it was like the end of the last chapter and then this next chapter has just been like nope no thanks just kidding um emotional damage um (laughs) so uh so dylan's like we're gonna find them okay we just got to keep believing um amari nods and tries to smile and says i do believe that um they go to quentin's computer um it asks for a password amari asks if dylan can use tech magic um but and dylan's like he could but it would take too long uh so amari decides that he's gonna that she's gonna like try a password um but dylan warns that this computer is highly classified so if she puts in the wrong password it'll alert security which i'm just like right away like what if you just had a little typo mm-hmm. you know like you should at least get that'd be annoying for if you were the computer or you're like look yeah. now i just have, I have my nails are longer than usual i i was sticking between the keys for a second and i'm sorry like i didn't realize cap sock was on i didn't right. realize cap sock was on like which my is like phone. 
I didn't mean to My call bad. you in here. That was a But also, it feels like that leads to security being much more lax. Because how many times do you get these false alarms and then you're just like, whatever. Whatever. But I can rushing. see how if it's on Quentin's computer, yeah. then like, well, yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. case, they would. But yeah. just in a regular situation, that would be really irksome. Um, so Amari types out Amari amazing. Um, she kind of hesitates to hit enter, but Dylan is just like, he does it because he's like, we just got to do it. Um, and it works. So they see Quentin's schedule. Wait a here. minute. I just oh. need to come to this one moment because I'm annoyed about it. It's a sticking point for me and Amari in this chapter. Okay. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Amari types out Amari amazing and is very slowly, one key first at a time, typing in every single letter into this password. Dylan is the one who presses the enter button. So this whole time, she's made it blatantly obvious to Dylan what the password is. What uh, his password is that Dylan was not even able to get into this computer without Amari. He's been holding on to this key, could not get into the freaking computer until Amari came in there with him. And she is not trying to protect her brother's privacy at all. She is no. slowly typing key by key but, but, for, but for Dylan to observe. But, like, yes. But also we just established that if they get a single key wrong, so she could have got the password right and still had a typo. So, like, I think it's kind of like... You're right. And I think she it was the only way for her to do that. She, I mean, that, that and like, it, she, yes, it's a risk to have him stand. Like, maybe he could, she could have been like, could you go stand over there? Tell, I mean, that's what I'm saying. At least tell like, her yeah. away. Yeah. But like, he's also a tech wizard genius. So true. who who knows? He could, if he's in the room with her, probably already knew what she was going mm. I don't know. No, but she could have tried. tried. She could have at least tried. Trust him because they're partners. Yeah, she's, they're trusting each other. They're partners. That's a little bit too much trust for me. <sighs> You're like, my brother's top secret secrets are in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the least um, I can do is not I mean, share I would it. think I would think that my brother would be smart enough to not put like personal secrets on a computer, on a work computer. So I'd be like, it's probably the same stuff that's in you know computer yeah i just wouldn't um, be as um, i think because they've, they've decided they're working together i think that like at this point it's did he go to his sister's computer and she sit there and figure out his sister's password no but i'm saying like nick um on our team her their their blog is called delete this when i'm dead right like there's always those things about like okay if something happened to me tell your best friend like on that drawer this drawer or this is where my diaries are burn that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like take this to your grave I just wouldn't think about that as being like my brother's like work computer if something happened to my brother and I'm like I need to make sure that all his secrets are safer his he's not going to be embarrassed I'm not thinking about his work computer. If it's on his work laptop, I'm like, this boy was stupid enough. (laughs) 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 IT has access. But Amari doesn't think that way because she's not, like, she's a kid. So I'm just saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like, she, I think at this point, Dylan has earned Earned her trust. trust. Um, And she is And they're trying to find him. I don't, I don't think it's about, like, 
keeping his secrets. It's like keeping his yeah. secrets to the extent. But this that, is my like, thing. Overall, for can't. me, it's that she knows this password because it was the password for his personal computer. Which I mean, is also, she was also on but she was Quentin's also part. guessing. It is, but she was also guessing. Yes, but this know. is what I'm saying, though. This is what I'm saying. If this is this man's overall password for things, you want to be careful with this man's overall password for things. Sure. It's one thing if it's like he has different passwords for different things, because then, sure. But this man keeps an overall password for everything. I'm going to be careful with that, because if this works... This man needs to change of his passwords, and I'm gonna let him know. He needs a he, yeah, but I'm, I'm. But he's grown at this point. Like, listen, <laughs> you did not have the proper password manager, password solutions, password ecosystem. But I did what I need to do to find you because yeah. you were missing. And then when you yeah. come back, you can ask for forgiveness. Yeah, we're gonna have to update your systems but for now get you on last pass but right now we did what we had to do yeah even yeah um so quentin's google keeps even damn yeah sorry um his uh schedule appears on the screen so it says november 18th 12 p.m contact kh and then at 11 p.m meeting with horace um and so dylan gasps and says that was the day maria and quentin went missing who is um, KH? That's that's the question. That's the um, question. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so Amari is pacing fast circles around the elevator on the ride down to the youth dormitories. Um, Dylan wanted her to go back to the victory party with him, but she wants to let Elsie know like what's going on um, and thinks maybe she'll know who KH is. Um, the second entry was a lot easier to figure out because... Horace is more than likely Director Horace um, from the Department of Good Fortunes and Bad Omens, but he is still on vacation um, on the Wandering Isles until Monday. So we still haven't met him. Uh, I still think not- that that is like the bombest vacation. You yeah. don't know where I am. Yeah, so you I don't know me. where I am. Don't, don't, don't call me. Don't. me. <laughs> There's no emergency big enough to no. get me. Nope. Y'all figure that out on your own time exactly love it um so amari wants to know what his meeting with quentin was about um because he might have been the last person to see quentin before he disappeared the other thing though is that like he might not have actually gotten to director horace like between 12 p.m and 11 p.m is a long time so and it could be a code word for something like i'm gonna go like to the library to meet someone else but horace is the section like that's gonna be the area within the library that i'm gonna go sounds like the making of a dead drop (laughs) um so amari's still pacing when the elevator opens to the youth dormitories the sight of so many kids packed into the hallway raises her eyebrows um birth is no way to be found um and she it's not until she starts making her way through the crowd that she realizes everyone is staring at her um a few kids are whispering to each other about her um somebody's like do you think she's seen it when she finally turns the last corner lara and a few of her friends are huddled next to a couple of adult agents um and lara looks scared when she gets there bertha and magnus are both stepping out of her room um bertha's shaking her head when Amari asks what's going on, Bertha winces, um, which I'm like, is curious because she's mostly been a hater. So I'm like, what are you wincing about? But anyway. Because it happened under her watch. Maybe. So she's the one who's mm. responsible. Yes. Um, Magnus points over Amari's shoulder, says, turn around, go back to the elevators. You don't need to see this. Um, but Amari steps forward um, and she sees that painted over her bed is a black girl with two X's for eyes. 
and a stake in her heart. And it says no magicians allowed just below it. So this is like 100% a hate crime. And yep. we don't need no microaggression here. there. Aggression, mm. aggression. Agree, exactly. Um, Amari stomach turns. She storms over to Lara and says, you did this. Lara's like, it wasn't me. Um, Amari screams, liar, goes to shove her, but Lara twists and pushes Amari down instead, which I'm just like, okay, there are definitely Some athletic ad- abilities. It's the, it's, the, it's the athletic abilities, but also there are definitely adults in the room, and I just feel like, or in the hall, I'm like, somebody mm-hmm. needs to- Why are you letting <laughs> them get that close <laughs> to each other? When Amari stomped over to her, shouting, should have picked you her up. Been like, nope. She's she little. Madness in particular, mm-hmm. like, should know better. Um... <clears throat> Lara glares down at her and says, if I had done that, you can be sure I would claim it. Face it. Nobody wants you here. It was bound to happen sooner or later. Someone in the crowd shouts, no magicians allowed. And then a few more join in. Soon the hall echoes with the chant. Um, there are adults here. Literally. Yeah, they just feel so empowered. They feel that's so how, empowered. That's how they know. They know them biggest. Literally. The only reason they, they only feel comfortable to do this. Even Lara saying, I didn't do it. But if I had, I would have said something. Like, I would have owned it. It's like, because she knows that it's okay. Um, and so Amari, of course, now feels ridiculously small. Um, Magnus stretches out his arms, his hands transforming into solid metals. Solid, solid metal, sorry. Um, with one booming clap, the hall falls silent. Next person who says a word gets a one-way ticket out of the bureau, and you ain't coming back. Think I can't do it? Try me and find out. Um, no one says a word. Amari, Elsie pulls out or appears out of the crowd, takes her hand and says, Come on, we're leaving. Um, Amari says, I can't get out of here out of there fast enough. So that's the end of that chapter. So we are no longer up. We're down. <laughs> we're down. <laughs> we down. <laughs> I really down. I ugh, ugh. All these kids are horrible. But again, it's not like they like they learned that from somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not even like they learned it. They are empowered concurrently mm-hmm. to be the way they are. Exactly. The only person who's saying anything, there are other agents over there. The only person who said anything is Magnus. And it's like. Wonder yeah, why. Just, Wonder how they that shouldn't happened. have even like they shouldn't have allowed those trainees to gather around. They should have been, like as soon as the an authority had been called, Bertha should have cleared them out. Lara don't even live over there. She don't mm-hmm. even stay there. So why is she there? Right. Explain that. Unless it's one of the adults asked her to come and see and ask her if she did it. Why is she right. there? Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Rash. Um, MVPs. I made Amari the MVP because Child was going through a lot. And while I was not with her password protocol, which is <laughs> honestly Quentin's mistake, mm-hmm. but also hers for seriously like letting it go like that. Um, the way that she's going through it in this chapter, I'm like, I got to give her something. Like, she's going to leave her with something. And she's <laughs> like, she honestly reacted in just the way that like how else can she react she's emotional she's a vulnerable and it seems like the only people who have her back are not around her to keep her protected and safe and what little her brother did to like like not what little but what he could do for her to help her while he was not there is not 
so it's not there. It's not wrapping her up in that bubble, bubble of protection that she's used to having whenever he's able to be around. And so I just think she's doing the very best she can under the circumstances and um, it's commendable that she hasn't exploded into a ball of flame or dropped out yet just because of the mission of trying to find her brother. Yeah, agreed. Um, I yeah. made Quentin my MVP, though, um, just because, again, we get to just see how much that he meant to Amari and, like, how much she needed him and honestly needs him now. And, like, again, it just really sucks that Amari is in this position. I just, <laughs> I just want her to, like, have her brother, have people who aren't bigots around her and yeah yeah I made uh Quentin my MVP I'm just like a sucker for people loving on and taking care of their siblings maybe because I'm a little sister and I'm like oh must be nice um but also like I was thinking about this when you were talking about um Quentin Portia is that like he also didn't know that she would be a magician so the things that he put in place for her um or tried to put in place for her and try to set her up like he was un- he was unaware of like he was unprepared all, yeah, yeah what all she would truly be facing mm-hmm. and um and yeah i just think that like had he been aware like i'm sure he would have tried to do even more but um yeah it could be it could have been it, I don't see how it could be worse at this moment but I, it could be worse so uh, gotta give it to Quentin yeah um benched I benched the trainees like I just I there was like so many I wanted to bench like the bureau or the people there I feel like Magnus did what he could but like it wasn't enough but like at a certain point too we say like there is a lot of unlearning that you have to do at a certain point, but like no matter what, and maybe it's, I was lucky enough to grow up in a space where I wasn't really surrounded by, no, cause I was, a, I was, there were enough people with terrible views by the time I was 12 and I knew about them that like, I've never heckled any, I've never bullied, like heckled, like it's never been a part of my DNA. I've never wanted mm-hmm. to join a mob to yell at a, a child who's alone like for what and for why and like for certain uh, for a certain amount of that is like what they grew up around and all this stuff but like just home training and decorum like why are you joining the mob like we talked about with the kids who were circling Laura at the um sleepover it's like this follower mentality and this like ability to be cruel because you can be and because you think you won't get in trouble is like a a personal moral failing that at by this point in time kids should have grown out of like if these were i'm thinking about my one-year-old niece who's downstairs right now if these are one-year-olds two-year-olds okay then people them children are psychopaths but that's because they're learning about <laughs> they have no moral comp- they don't know 
They're just learning about these things. You have the idea of object permanence. You've experienced the range of emotions by 12. You can express yourself, maybe not as fully as an adult can, but you can express your emotions in a positive way. And you should know better than to just join a mob. You don't need no yeah. adult telling you not to join a mob. That's right. They all got to sit. Yeah. I benched the Van Helsings. Because, um, again, it's the, like, taking credit for other people's work. Like, showboating and being, like, in the limelight when you don't need to. Being able to, like, bully people with no consequence. Like, hiding who you are and not using that to, like, you know, help people like you instead of instead of just, like, relying on the privileges you're given because of your name. Like, all of those things. Um, just, like, they remain the worst family in this uh, story so far. <laughs> Speaking of family, <laughs> I benched Mr. Peters. One, mm-hmm. because I don't know in a while I'll have a better time to bench him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we get any more. I don't think we do get further into him than we do in this chapter. Um, and that's partially on my own father issues that he's reflecting. <laughs> that I'm also just like, F this man, like for making promises to a child that he has very little to no actual like impulse to actually make happen uh and i what it does to the young psyche like and all of that like Mm -hmm. in the trust issues that we just discussed (laughs) i have very big trust issues (laughs) i just like just knowing the complex that it gave me alone and like my sister and other siblings um just cannot. And then for him to like uh, be drunkenly on the phone shouting that his child probably is not his. Like there's, so I just, that is just such like unacceptable behavior. And like, thank goodness for Quentin and Mama Peters for trying to help Amari uh, live a life where his absence isn't so hurtful to her. But, like, no matter what, like, his absence is affecting her. Um, And F that man so much for that. Like, I, again, probably coming from a a personal place as well. But that man needs to finish But you're not, just because personal doesn't make it not correct. (laughs) Like, it's definitely real. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, in addition, um... The just like the ability for the bureau to allow bigotry to just run amok, that being a cultural component, mm-hmm. that there's no one squashing it from the primary director to all these secondary directors or even like the agents in charge. Like, there is no reason why this couldn't have been handled better. There's no reason why. Sure, people don't know how to treat magicians, but at the like uh when it comes to like they don't know what to expect from magicians, but because you just don't know how to expect from someone doesn't mean that you automatically go into um hate. And I especially for a child and for the adults to be in a situation, knowing how much hate this child is getting on a size and thinking they can manage it by just like programming her to be in a department and like 
appeal to her ability to get like to achieve despite all of these things like it's not actively trying to take in how badly she's been affected by these things and how uh making it a her thing rather than a culture change thing allows people to continue to be as bigoted as they are Uh so you have put a marty position of having to defend herself rather than telling them kids that y'all can get dropped as soon as i hear one bigoted word because the van helsings are running things and they're the bigots and you don't want to push them against the freaking van helsings do what you got to do change that culture don't let that ride Van Helsing should have a flag on him for any time he says he's bigoted. Like, he shouldn't have his job if he can't not do and reflect and model behaviors that are relevant to the work culture. So that's just an overall failing of the whole bureau and specifically the people who are in power who have allowed things to get to the point that they are because this should never have happened. Not only, like, morally and ethically, like, seriously, there's no reason why someone should have been able to get into Amari's room, Amari and Elsie's room, and do this display. And then all the kids find it first, and then the adults try to crisis manage at the end. Like, that is a failure. And they should take it as that, and they should reevaluate, and they should figure out why the F this is the way it is. But it, it, the reason it's this way, because they have a freaking culture of bigotry and they haven't actually tried to solve it. And I can't. So that's my rant for this whole thing. Nope. Yeah. Hopefully next week, uh, we'll be back up. <laughs> Maybe it's a roller coaster. I don't know, but let's come on. We need it. We, we need, need a it. shift. We need a change. Come on. Like, I'm like, you know, like these things, like, <sighs> things go, we fall down, then we get up. But there's only so many falling downs we can do. So, no, like, so I just. Real. Fix it, Jesus, is what we're trying to say. Cool, child. And with that, we thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week for Chapter 21, where hopefully somebody gets held accountable for something. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at BLK Nerds Create, at Yana Wrote It, at Robin underscore Rambles, and at Poor She Uh. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Black Nerds Create. Subscribe to our monthly magical newsletter and don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Bye. Thanks, Gia. Bye. Bye. Bye.